Do you guys want food? Yes. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so hungry. Yeah. For sure. I just feel like I've not eaten in about 19 years. <laughs> I'm only 20 years old, so it's really like... A long know, time to have not eaten. It's a long, yeah. I feel like I basically left the womb, ate for a year. <laughs> and you've yeah. been starving ever since. Indeed. Anyway, welcome to our podcast. My yeah. name's James. I'm Vedanti. And I'm Lekika. And we're recording six podcasts based on the Throne of Glass book series by Sarah J. Mass. This is podcast number three, which, <laughs> which is book number three, Air of Fire, which is, in my opinion, the best one. But we'll get into it. We'll get yeah, into we've it. had a lot of people messaging <laughs> us since the, past, the first couple of episodes telling us how excited they are for us to talk about Air of Fire. So, um, yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of excitement amongst fans about the Throne of Glass series um, in total. And especially because on the 23rd of October, uh, Kingdom of Ash, the final book in the series, uh, is going to be released. So we wanted to find out what all the fossils about. And we read the series and we're going to be chatting about it on this podcast. Um, the book is published by Bloomsbury and you can follow them on Twitter at Bloomsbury Books for the latest updates on Kingdom of Ash and some of the other books. Yeah, and I mean, talk about high quality content, guys. Yeah. It's high quality content. Indeed. So, um, which book are we discussing today, Vedante? The Air of Fire, which in my opinion is also the favourite book, <laughs> and it's book number three in this series. So, uh, you've got the book there, right? Yes. So, read us the blurb. Consumed by guilt and rage, Selena can't bring herself to spill blood for the King of Ardlan. She must fight back. The immortal queen will help her destroy the king for a price. But as Selena battles with her darkest memories and her heart breaks for a love that could never last, can she fulfil the bargain and head the almighty court of Terrason? And who will stand with her? <laughs> There's, there's stuff going on in this book. Yeah. There's yeah. stuff going on in this book. Mm-hmm. So, um, some new characters meet each other yes. in Air of Fire. A big part of Air of Fire is about Selena and the growth of her relationship with a new character, a fae prince called Rowan. So he's a consort to Queen Maeve and is ordered by Maeve to train Selena and discover if she has any magical abilities. Both very stubborn and they have very conflicting personalities. And I feel like that's what makes it so interesting to watch them, like, develop as, like, a pair. It shows that you're studying English at GCSU, <laughs> by the way. Look, look at you making your point evidence explanation. So is, do you think they despise each other because they're very similar people? Well, I think they despise each other but because they are very similar and they both hold, like, a very, like, similar values. But I feel like they don't really know enough about each other currently to like fully despise each other. <laughs> they only partially despise each other. Yeah, I think when you meet them and when they meet each other, they don't obviously, like you said, know each other. Yeah. And Rowan is super old, as in he's been on this on the, on the planet for a while and so has gone through a lot of experiences in comparison to Selena and I think just those clashing views and yet the similar views just means that there is there's sparks, angry sparks flying between the two of them. 
Well, we've got some messages in from some listeners Ooh. to see what they think. Uh, so this is the first one, uh, Sharalee. Um, let's listen to what she has to say. Hi, my name is Sherilee Roberts from Virginia Beach, Virginia, and my favorite book in the series is Air of Fire. Um, I really just enjoy the relational aspects um, of the book. Um, I think the reason that uh, Selena and Rowan first despise each other when they um, first meet is at a real basic level, they're both hurt people and hurt people tend to lash out. Um, I think Rowan is mad at the pity party that he sees this strong um, character having. Um, and he's kind of like, I have my own tragic backstory. You don't get to have a pity party. Um, so I think it, 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 he also feels for her. I, I think that it's, um, he's pushed down feeling for anybody for so long that, um, any kind of, um, emotional connection he feels for somebody, he kind of masks it as anger and, and lashes out. Um, I think Aelin's used to being the strongest. I think she's kind of, uh, sees Rowan as this very strong um, person and is kind of like, I'm the tragic character. I'm supposed to be the strongest. You don't get to come and take that from me. Um, and so she pushes him away in that too and is kind of, I think, a bit jealous of his strength um, in that. And she likes to be the center of attention. And I think he takes a bit of that from her. And so she kind of um, ends up fighting for that. Anyway, it really boils down to the relational aspects for me for Air of Fire. Thanks so much. That's uh, Sharon. I think we should give Sharon a round of applause for her fantastic analysis. That was, that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that was like writing an essay on it. <laughs> but, um, go on, what do you I think? I do agree with quite a bit of she, what she says. I mean, Selena's so used to being the like... Can we actually, would you just said her name? Because you called her Selena, but Sharon you called her Aileen. So what's the story behind that? Well, as this... As you read the books, she goes from Selena Sordotian, the assassin, to Aelin, who is a princess. Is the heir to the kingdom of Terrasen. So we discover the backstory of how she became an orphan and how, you know, her kingdom was torn apart and how she ended up with the Assassin's Guild. So it's in this book where she's shifting towards becoming Aelin, which is why, as you could hear, is Charlie's message. She said Selena, and then she said Aileen because of the shift. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're down to what you're but saying. But I do agree with a lot of what you said, because she's such a strong character, and she's so used to, like, winning all of her fights and being the strongest, to be honest, and not being really scared of anyone in, like, physical ability. She meets Rowan, and she's like, oh, like, someone's actually competition for me, and I have to train and put in effort to win over said person. So it's it's really interesting seeing how she adapts to the fact that she's not the strongest now. I like, yeah, I like what you said about Pity Party. I think that's the perfect way to describe her because like, like we said earlier, we forget that she's young, right? She's still 18, 19, still pretty young. And so it do, it when she's faced with something that she's not trained for, right? Because like you said, Vidant, she's trained for physical combat and she's trained for, you know, defending herself in those ways when she comes up against something that's emotionally threatening you know it's hard for her to cope with and so what makes the book i agree with you is them two meeting and the relationship between the two which is so fascinating to read yeah and like as you said she's like very broken at this stage in the book that she meets rowan and he's like i've been through so much like why Get over you, it. Yeah. No. 
and he's very like taken aback that she was so strong like everybody knows who she is but yet she's here like in this such a like a broken mental state he finds it kind of astonishing i think mm-hmm. so kind so, of like how can you be this sad if i've been through like so much like years and years of well brokenness but I think it does go back to and this is probably what the thing that would eventually bring them together is that it's everybody deals with like grief and damage differently Mm -hmm. but the fact that they've both been through a lot uh, but just a lot of kind of different things can probably be used as a thing to eventually bond them yeah because they've both been through certain like grief like grievances mm-hmm. that and like they don't realize how common how little like separates them and how much they have in common in this part of this of the book like they're sort of being very stubborn about getting to know <laughs> each other yeah but that comes with the fact that like we said that they're both guarded they they find yeah. it hard to open up to people and it just it will it will take time for their relationship to to blossom and flourish i guess yeah. Well, we've got another message in from um, Isabella. Hey, I'm Isabella Afonso from Brazil. My favorite book from the Throne of Glass series is Air of Fire because, well, I just love the whole friendship power thing that that's going on in that book. And I think it's really important for us to remember that Sometimes friendship can be even better than love and relationships in general. You know, you can get a lot from friendship. And I think that Selena and Rowan first despise each other because while they were both hurting a lot, Selena from Nehemia's death and Rowan because of Lyria's death, and I guess by the end of the book they just helped each other heal. And I love that their friendship keeps keeps growing. And that's just amazing for me. There we go. That was um, that was Isabella's message. Um, I kind of agree with her. Um, I've been through many experiences in my life where I've been told that friendship's better. Um, <laughs> so you know, um, so we'll get that um, or not. Um, and um, but I, I do agree about this book. It's underlying is a story about friendship. And, and you know, a lot of times in life, your best friends do start off being your worst enemies. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. <laughs> well, even I know that, like, one of my best friends from when I was in secondary school, um, now I don't speak to. And the, the person who we were kind of like frenemies with is now, like, has definitely taken that person's place. Yeah. So, like, it does happen quite a lot. Like, a lot of things like based off friendship is uh, before like transferring into other things but i feel like rowan and selena's their friendship is like such a strong bond that it takes over like part most of this book actually seeing how they cope in like hard situations together and i completely agree with you that sometimes friendship is better than like a relationship i think and going back to the fact that sometimes friendships don't start off on the right foot, it reminds me of my best friend from high school. And it was the first day of year seven. And I remember getting into this massive fight with this girl who I didn't even know because it was the first day of year seven. And we didn't talk for a whole year. And then when we came back after the summer of year seven, we were just 
best friends and I have no idea what happened you know when you don't remember how you became friends but I remember a year of just animosity and and so I have no idea why and so it just the fact that these two they don't get along in the beginning and they just don't like each other and then it slowly start you know wounds start to heal and they start to realize that you know not everyone's bad and then we can talk to another person who in this case has similar experiences I think it's a really it's a really fascinating and interesting read yeah and like the thing with like Aileen and Rowan is the fact that they both have have had like if they've had friends they've had them since like they were like little mm-hmm. so like Rowan with his like group and Island with like Sam and stuff and I feel like they were very aware that like they were strangers and they didn't really know each other and that's what friendship based off yeah and so. like Isabella said they're still hurting you know Nehemia's mm-hmm. just died and for Rowan Lyria died a, a while back and so it's not easy to get over wounds like that yeah. and so angry people do lash out and that's what they that's what they did that's also what bring, brought them together <laughs> indeed so we've got one more message i think we'll go to on yeah. this this one's from mariam hi um my name is mariam and i'm from singapore my favorite book from the tone of glass series is air of fire because this book showed us a different side to selena which is pretty different from her cool badass attitude in the first two books that we saw. And to me, that's what us as as readers needed to hear. Because like, when we read books, we need to know that even our favourite heroic characters have their weaknesses. And in Air of Fire, um, I think that Selina and Rowan first despised each other because of how they viewed the other person. They were both in their vulnerable state and had misunderstandings about the other. And of course, they didn't know about the scars each of them hid beneath all their arrogance. And so this made them think that the other person is untrustworthy or... Yeah. And... But after time, it, like once they know each other, it became cool. This... Firstly, I love how international our messages are yes. today. Exactly. It's amazing. <laughs> We've had what, America, Brazil, Singapore. Singapore. So, truly international here. Um, but... Basically highlighting there that you, um, that weakness brings people together, and this, as we said, this is a, a this book in particular is about friendship and how friendship rises from the dust. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, and it's just like we were saying earlier. It's just when you see a character with flaws, when you see a character who's more human than just this perfect person, you relate more to it as a reader. And so, whatever weakness that may be. Is, for example Eileen or Selena Selena's weakness to you know be a bit emotionally open or other characters and other books that you've read it just then in this book you as a person start to connect with her and this is when you start to think you know what I want her to succeed in whatever she is going to do I want her to succeed and so which is why this is in my opinion the best book yeah. and I also agree with the fact that when she was like um, she's you shows um, Selena's different side than the first two books, and it's true because in this in this book you see everything she's sensitive about and she, what she doesn't like and what she like actually enjoys in people, and it shows that she is also human as in like she has 
what everybody else feels like she feels sad at times even though she may not have shown it in the mm-hmm. first two books yeah. she that doesn't mean that she's like emotionless like she feels all of these emotions and it's nice to see that her character's like developed enough to like trust a person mm-hmm. in telling him Rowan all yeah, of this yeah it's nice because you start to root for her don't you yeah. and when she opens up you're like yes yes you did it. you're getting it you, you did it well, I think one thing that we've not spoken very much about in actually the first two episodes of this podcast but is quite a big element of this book increasingly in this one in particular in Air of Fire is the magic yes. element of it and the, like the witches and that whole other side to the series which uh, with Selena definitely is explored more in this book um we did speak in the last episode about one of the witches. Yes, so we talked about Baba Yellowlegs, didn't yes, we? Yeah, and yeah. how Selena met Baba Yellowlegs and talked to her. And the magic aspect in these books is what makes these books, right? It's just how there are different characters with different ma- different magics, I guess, if yeah. that's a plural. And you start to find out a lot more about, not. there's not just humans and fae, there's a lot different. Yeah, there's a lot of different people such as the witches and a, yeah a lot of other people like there's a lot of like half breeds and stuff and it's interesting to see that it's not only them in their like tiny little world there's like loads of other people and yeah it makes it it makes the book the book more interesting and one of the witches we talk about is her name's Manon Blackbeak and she is unique let's she say. is i love man yeah, and black, black week can i say it when i started reading when i was reading air fire right you through two-thirds of the way through the book right you start getting these random chapters about yeah. this group of witches and you're like what in the name of lord is happening i am so confused and i remember messaging with Anthony. i was like i have no idea who this person is but i really like her because yeah. she is so different so we met baba yellowlegs like i said and you start to read more about these witches and they're they're doing this conquest they're to covered, yeah. yeah they're in they're in a coven and how who the leader is and then you meet Manon and what you think about witches just gets blown out of the water because there's this person who's so she's just so amazing in the sense that she follows everything that is said by the coven to the law but she is her own person and she is compassionate, which from what you realize about the witches apparently isn't common. And it's it makes Man in Black Beak one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she manages to find like her own personality within all of these like rules and regulations. Like you have to do this and this. And it I find that quite surprising because it's really hard when you have certain set out rules and your life has already been planned before you even born, that it's so hard for her to be her own person, but somehow, she manages it and you can as you read the chapters you see how she develops as like her own person and as like a compassionate and kind and yet like still a witch so i feel like that's that's some of the best chapters in the book yeah in the book they are trying to find and i believe it's pronounced what wyrens yeah. Right. And the Wyverns, they're these dragon-like creatures that the witches ride. And she chooses one who's not perfect. And it's it startles everybody because, you know, she wants to be the leader of this coven. And she's picked 
this animal who is meant to help her and meant to support her and he's not physically perfect he's not the strongest but she takes him and she's encouraging him throughout this book to be the best he can be and that's what just sets her apart because she's not gone for the strongest animal and she's not gone for the one who's going to make her life easier she's got gone for one who she can build a bond with and which is why you start to realize that you know manon is an important character and she also like what's surprising when she chooses him is she goes for the one that was like meant to be used as like bait for the other ones and it's a bit mean isn't it yeah it's a bit mean and it's it's like you see how she even though this poor like it's broken and he doesn't really want to go out and he's never flown before which is a very key point because they're meant to fly over this passing and it's really hard it's nice how she like trains him and like supports him which not many other witches would do and perhaps you know she sees herself in this animal that you know she's overcome things which we don't know yet because we just yeah. met her obviously but she doesn't want something that's perfect and easy she wants to work hard for she wants a challenge exactly and that's what she gets another yeah. strong female yeah in this okay. case witch um, <laughs> and yeah who's willing to obviously put, kind of put in the work and also isn't afraid to be a little bit like emotionally available yeah as well Oh, so much agreement. Um, so, through this book, as we said before, Selena and Aelin's... Well, there's that transition that happens yeah. uh, as Selena kind of starts to turn into Aelin. I guess it's the best way to put it. Yeah. There's, it's a transition, definitely. Um, but um, one of the things, keep on the topic of magic, is she's trying to access her magic and... Uh, and that side of her, obviously something that's going to be pretty crucial to her in this world of the Throne of Glass. Um, but one of those immediate kind of hurdles that gets in the way is her childhood. Um, and because she had, you know, a very unstable childhood. Yeah. Um, and I, we actually discussed this on the first episode, you know, there's vulnerability in there, but also she is quite comfortable doing things the way she thinks they should be done mm -hmm. and essentially being told or trying to be trained to use this other power yeah. which she's never tried to do before you know there's that coupled with the um her upbringing of essentially having to grow up quite young and mm -hmm. um, yeah well, i guess throughout the book that changes though yeah. but um, what do you think about that i think we when you read the book you see that when she meets Rowan and, you know, when she's training, like we said, about in, in accessing her magic, she goes and she gets, she gets a bunch of flashbacks. I think that's the way of, yeah. that's the way of stating Vision. it. Visions or flashbacks, dreams, in which she starts to remember her own life where, with her parents and, and this cousin of hers who we learn late, more about later. And these are memories that she's, in my opinion, suppressed, right? When she was found by the Assassin's Guild and when they raised her, I felt like to make, be the best version of herself to survive, she suppressed those memories. And now coming back to an area which is very familiar to her, meeting people who are like her, you know, with like Rowan being Faye, I think those memories are coming out. And what they mean is she must almost suffer through them before yeah. she can then access this magic because that's the part of her that she's, that's the part of her she's hidden away. And she needs to go through recalling her parents, her family, her cousins her life before 
the tragedy that occurred and only then will she be able to get through to whatever her magic is. There definitely is also like, you're right, there's that almost quite physical thing of to access that part of her. She needs to, I guess, properly grieve is yeah. part of it. Yeah. But also, um, the way I interpret it is it's a struggle be- between that and almost like a, she knows this is going to be difficult, so maybe isn't f- initially fully willing to delve down there. Yeah. So, like, I agree, like, because she's suppressed, like, these memories, she doesn't want to have to re- relive them because, of course, she's, like, done that for a reason. And now, like, she has to tap into something she has no clue about and she has to relive basically an entire, like, an entirely new life. And I feel like she's afraid of doing this because... Of course, like she's no clue about what she's doing, and she's she's like she's hesitant of mm-hmm. imagining what her life would have been if that tragedy didn't occur, and thinking about everything that she's like lost is of course she hasn't given herself time to grieve properly. And um, also, she's been Selena for so long. She just doesn't. Not that she's forgotten, but more so, I just think she just doesn't want to let go. Yeah. She's, like like you said earlier, she's so comfortable in her skin as Selena now. And she's built herself up, you know, she's strong. She's steadfast in what she's, what she's been doing, in, in essence. That becoming a new person, albeit what she was earlier, is not the easiest thing. And so having to, A, actually tap into this magic that's in her is forcing her to almost regress and think back about past things and she just maybe she just doesn't want to yeah because she's built herself up she doesn't want to tear herself back down to start again it's very poetic yeah. <laughs> very poetic well uh, before we continue we've got another message Ooh. but also Lakika, you've got a message yes yeah, so guys remember that the latest book from the throne of glass series which is called kingdom of ash is coming out in bookshops and online on October the 23rd. It's the unforgettable conclusion of this series by Sarah J Mass. So visit sarahjmass.com for all the details and to pre-order the book. Let's go to that message then. It's from Ashley Riley. Send this one in. Hey, I'm Ashley from Mississippi. My favorite book from the Throne of Glass series is Air of Fire because of Aelin's personal growth throughout the book. Her tragic childhood memories have caused her to deny who she really is for so long. And her facing those tragic memories and really growing into the strong queen that we all knew Aileen could be is just really amazing to read throughout this book. And with Rowan by her side, she really mends those broken pieces and sets out to be the powerful queen that we all know that she's destined to be. And by the end of Air of Fire with Rowan and her ready to go back and face what's going on in Rifthold, she truly at this point is ready to rattle the stars. That was very nice using the yeah. quote, rattle the stars. It's one of my it's one of my favorite quotes of the book. But I I do I do get what she's saying, you know, and she's agreeing with what we're saying about the fact that she's grown so much alien as like a person and she's decided to be like more like trusting in people I guess instead of being like so like conserved and backed out I guess and she's grown as a character and she's become more independent and the queen as she said that we all knew she could be 
so we talked about Dorian, right? And so Dorian, the crown prince, meets a healer, a healer girl called Sorsha, I believe, is pronounced. Who is actually quite ironically healed him and his friends a several amount of times, and he knows, like in his mind, that she could have told the king and betrayed them all, but somehow he finds the part of her that didn't endearing. Mm, nice. And so when he finds out she's a spy for the rebels, he's in front of his dad, the king. And even though he knows that she's a spy and that what she's doing is going against his dad, you know, why does why does he plead for her life? What does it show us about Dorian? It shows us that he's a very forgiving person. And of course, he knows that people will betray him. Because he is like, he is the king's son and it comes with, being the king's son comes with a lot of like, I'm guessing, like, like betrayals and like, because people will get close to him for different reasons and sometimes they're true, sometimes they're not. I'm guessing he... Are you saying he's used to people betraying him? Because that's a sad life. It is, it is. But he's now become such a strong person because of that. Mm. I think the reason he tries to save her life is really simple. He's in love. He's in love. Yeah, he is. You see him through the book, you change. You see a different side to the crown prince. You see one who is caring. You see him care for another person besides himself. You see what you do. (laughs) You see how he wants to know more about this person who he's just met, who he finds fascinating. And perhaps the simple answer to why he tries to save her life is... He likes her and he doesn't want her to he die. It's just simple as, isn't it? Yeah, and you see Dorian becoming more like compassionate and like not he thinks before he does certain like things now because he has someone to think about. Yeah. So like before being in a cold reckless and stuff, he's like, wait, I have a person to think about and it, it and it just shows that he even though she was spying against his father, it shows that one of the things he values is perhaps determination i don't know if that's the right word but that she was so determined to help out the rebels you know to help the the rebellion out in any way and she tried so hard that he wants someone with that sort of fire to perhaps live because it's people with that sort of determination and fire that make changes yeah like selena she had the same determination just for different reasons and besides i'm guessing he knows she was trying to do good because as you know by now, his father's not the best the of people. Best of people. So I guess he f- knew that she was not trying to go against him necessarily, more like trying to make the world a better place. Mm. So that's probably another reason. Fantastic. Well, um, we're nearly at the end of this episode of the podcast. Wow. And I mean, we literally got through so many emails to our email address, KOA at wizardradio.co.uk and so many people telling us that Air of Glass is their favourite book if we didn't get to your message in this don't worry uh, we are like always wanting more messages for future episodes of the podcast um, before we get on to my little game which we do at the end of every episode um, it's, I believe Lakika you've got another message I do so guys remember that the latest book in the Throne of Glass series known as Kingdom of Ash is out on October 23rd in bookshops and online. It is the unforgettable conclusion to the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass. 
so you guys can visit sarahjmass.com for all the details and to even pre-order the book. Fantastic. Well, now it's time for our favourite part of the podcast every week. <laughs> no, you don't have to be so sarcastic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no. I work hard Unconscious on, on, on ideas like this, you know. It's called Name A Word. <laughs> Right, thank okay. you for that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Lakika and each of you need to choose one word each to describe your feeling about what happens in Air of Fire, and uh, we'll chat about your selection. So, Vedanti, you can go first. Um, my word is I'm anxious because <laughs> I don't really like. It's a very like confusing book. Like a lot of things happen. She meets someone who's like her, and then. She goes back and she finds out, oh, I'm a queen. And she's she's very, um like, unsure. And you mean and it's confusing yeah, for her, yeah. not for you. It's confusing <laughs> you for her. You get the book, isn't it? Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, but I'm anxious because I want to know what happens. And I also don't because it seems like... Because when you read a series of books, you usually, like, can take over... Anticipate. Yeah, anticipate what's going to happen. But this just gives you such a sense of, like, climax. You don't really know what's going to happen. So. Mm. My word is I am delighted, right? We met Manon back and it's so different, right? We met Manon in this book and I love her, right? I was confused at first when we started meeting these random witches. <laughs> but I love it. She's so different. And we meet somebody who is equally as stubborn as Selena. And as a stubborn person myself, I'm in awe of these two people. And I can't wait for them to meet because I'm I sure as hell hope they do. And I think it's gonna be absolutely awesome when that happens so not anxious per se but absolutely delighted that we've met somebody like Manon okay and my final question for both of you um Vedanta you go first as well um what do you want to happen in the next book which is Queen of Shadows um I want to see more of Adian and Selena (laughs) and and I want to see how they like what happens with them and like what side does he go to no one knows yet so, so you want them to explore the love interest yes. more you mean mm. okay, well <laughs> we haven't seen this side of Vedanta <laughs> exactly yeah excited for the next episode <laughs> exactly I am uh, completely different like I just said I want to see more about the witches and how they are going to you know are they going to support Eileen or are they going to be against her you know and who what's Island's crew gonna be like, I wanna see that. That's gonna be really interesting. Well, guess what? We'll be finding out all of this in the next episode of the Throne of Glass podcast. Exactly. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.